Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your place for all things great in sports history, your portal to positive football history, and your portal to Rose Bowl history, as we're going to talk about some of the great games, uh, eight or nine of them, in fact. So we're going to cover from 2007 all the way to 2016 in this edition, and uh, just enjoy having this time with you to cover all these 108 Rose Bowl games have played up through 2022, uh, getting ready for the big game, the 100th anniversary of the Rose Bowl Stadium played in January 2023. Let's get right at it. As in 2007, it was the 93rd Rose Bowl game played on January 1st, 2007, and it featured the 10-2 USC Trojans of head coach Pete Carroll against the Michigan Wolverines, led by head coach Lloyd Carr, who sat at 10-1 on the season. The game was tied at halftime, but after the break, the Trojans built an insert surmountable lead and coasted to a 32-18 win. Dwayne Garrett caught two John David Booty throws for touchdowns in the contest and for the game's most outstanding players it was the offensive award going to Southern Cal wide receiver Dwayne Garrett and at the same time the defensive nod was to his teammate outside linebacker Brian Cushing. Trojans win that Rose Bowl game. In 2008 Rose Bowl, it was the 94th annual game held in Pasadena on New Year's Day, and it featured the 7th-ranked USC Trojans once again returning and hosting the 13th-ranked Illinois Fighting Illini. The Trojans dominated the Illini from the onset of the game, building a 21-3 lead by the half. The second half went about the same, as the Trojans prevailed 49-17 in a really really one-sided, lopsided game dominated by USC. Quarterback John David Booty, who played in his second Rose Bowl game, as we just talked about, was the offensive most valuable player, while Ray Maluga was the Trojan linebacker, was selected as the defensive standout, and once again, another great victory for the Trojans in the Rose Bowl not far from their campus. The 95th edition of the Rose Bowl game was a battle between the USC Trojans once again and the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State, coached by venerated coach Joe Paterno, sported a 10-1 record and was ranked 8th in the BCS polls. While Pete Carroll returned as the head man for the Trojans, they were also 10-1, but they were ranked just a little bit higher at number 5 in the Bowl Championship Series poll. 
This game got out of hand early also when Southern Cal rattled off 24 unanswered points in the second quarter and USC quarterback Mark Sanchez threw for two of these second quarter touchdowns and ran another one to help them him have a banner day in that game. All in, the Trojan signal caller scored five touchdowns, one rushing and four passing. Sanchez became just the third Rose Bowl quarterback to pass for more than 400 yards in a game with 413 on his total by game's end. And the final tally on the scoreboard read to be USC 38, Penn State 24. And with the victory, USC had won 24 Rose Bowl contests, much more than any other school. In fact, it was their third straight Rose Bowl victory, as we just talked about the other two moments ago. The ball game played on Friday, January 1st, 2010 at the Rose Bowl Stadium was the 96th rendition of the annual Gridiron Classic. The card featured the 10-2 Ohio State Buckeyes of coach Jim Tressel matched up against the mastermind of coach Chip Kelly and his very potent offense with the 10-2 Oregon Ducks. In the BCS, the Ducks were ranked number 7, the Buckeyes were ranked number 8th in the nation. The January 1st game was separate BCS game from the National Championship game, and the past Pasadena Tournament of Roses also hosted the 2010 City BCS National Championship game that was held on January 7th, but we'll talk more about that one in just a moment. Ohio State jumped out to a 10-0 early lead in this January 1st contest as Oregon had issues with stopping the talent of OSU quarterback Terrell Pryor, who later was selected as the game's offensive most valuable player. The Ducks hung in there with their big back, LeGarrette Blount, found the end zone from three yards out, but they were still down by six points at the half. Oregon fought its way back to take a one-point lead in the third quarter on Jeremiah Mazzoli's one-yard touchdown run. Devin Barclay's 38-yard field goal and later in the fourth quarter put the Ducks away when Devier Posey brought in a 17-yard scoring pass from Terrell Pryor and Aaron Petrie nailed an extra point. The final score was 26-17 Ohio State. Now Pryor, as we stated earlier, was the MVP on offense after posting a season-high 266 yards passing and then rushing for an additional 72 yards on the ground. Oregon defensive end Kenny Rowe was selected as the game's defensive most valuable player of the game after he recorded three sacks, tying a Rose Bowl record at the time. Well, there was another game played in January at the Rose Bowl. This time, the 2010 Citibank BCS National Championship game that was held January 7, 2010, was also held in the Rose Bowl Stadium. The 13-0 Texas Longhorns of Mac Brown measured themselves up against a 13-0 Nick Saban coached Alabama Crimson Tide. Two undefeated teams fighting for the number one spot in the nation and that coveted BCS trophy. The Tide, well, they came out really prepared. They scored 24 unanswered points after falling behind the Longhorns 6 to nothing early. The first, the banged-up Texas starting signal caller, Colt McCoy, had to leave the game, and then they pounded the Horn defense with the talented running back duel of freshman Trent Richardson and Heisman Trophy winner Mark Ingram II. Alabama quarterback Greg McElroy also played a very solid game for Coach Nick Saban. Halftime adjustments saw Texas crawl back into the contest as they closed the Alabama lead to 24-21 on the momentum of two touchdown passes caught by senior wide receiver Jordan Shipley from backup quarterback Garrett Gilbert, who had a nice game in replace of Colt McCoy. And a second-ranked defense that held Alabama scoreless in the third quarter. No small feat. 
there and indeed because Alabama was very potent as we just discussed. The Tide turned their way to their own stingy defense and the power running game as Richardson and Ingram each punched in Bama touchdowns in the fourth quarter to provide a final score of 37-31 to for Alabama and their national championship. Well, the 97th edition of the Granddaddy of them all was played on January 1st, 2011 between the BCS third-ranked TCU Horn Frogs and the number five Wisconsin Badgers. TCU was led by head coach Gary Patterson to an impressive 12-0 record on the season, while the Badgers under coach Brett Belima showed an 11-1 mark. Now, this game was close and exciting from the start to finish. The scoring started when Wisconsin in the first quarter when Philip Welsh nailed a 30-yard field goal. TCU got on the board when their receiver, Bart Johnson, corralled a 23-yard pass from Andy Dalton and Ross Evans added the PAT kick to put the Frogs up by four. Running back John Clay returned the favor with a one-yard touchdown run and Welsh extra point, and that was responded by the final tally of the first quarter as TCU quarterback Dalton dashed on a four-yard run to set the scoreboard alight with a TCU 14, Wisconsin 10 at the end of the first quarter. A lot of scoring there. In the second quarter, more to watch as Philip Welsh nodded a 37-yard field goal as the first half expired to make it a one-point game at the intermission. The Frogs came out hopping in the third quarter with some adjustments when Luke Shivers, a running back, took the ball over the goal line on a one-yard plunge and Wisconsin responded in the fourth quarter with a Monty ball four-yard run, but their two-point conversion attempt fell a little bit short to tie the game. Texas Christian held on and won in a thriller 21-19 on that missed extra point attempt conversion. And the offensive MVP named was TCU senior quarterback Andy Dalton. There's no surprise he had quite the game. And defensive MVP was named as TCU junior linebacker Tank Carter. The 98th edition of the Rose Bowl was played on Monday, January 2nd, 2012, and the game featured invitations to the BCS 5th-ranked Oregon Ducks of head coach Chip Kelly and the 10th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers of coach Brett Belima. Now, the scoring was frantic in the first half. Wisconsin started the deluge of points on Jared Aberdeezy's 38-yard pass from Russell Wilson. The Oregon replied with LaMichael James toted the ball into the end zone on a one-yard run. The ever-mobile Badger, Badger signal caller, Russell Wilson, then kept the ball on a four-yard touchdown jaunt, and DeAnthony Thomas tied the game again when he escaped on a 91-yard foot race to pay dirt. Now, Monty Ball again put the Badgers up by seven with his third, uh, I'm sorry, with his second scoring touchdown, a three-yard scoring drive, and again, Oregon responded to tie the game on Kenyon Barner's 54-yard pass from Darren Thomas. Oregon's defense finally stopped the Badgers, however, on their offensive series. Wisconsin's Louis Nuigzo scooped and scored on a 3-yard fumble return. The Ducks nodded a score before intermission at 28, when Thomas found Levasier Tune on a 3-yard touchdown pass. In the third quarter, Oregon got their first lead of the day on a DeAnthony Thomas 64-yard run, and the Badgers cut into the lead with the first three-pointer of the game, a Philip Welsh 29-yard chip shot through the post. The Badger D stopped the Ducks on the next series and gave the ball back to their offense. They did not disappoint, as Nick Toon hauled in an 18-yard pass from Russell Wilson to put the Badgers up by three going into the fourth quarter. The final segment was all Oregon, though, as they, outs- as they scored on a Lavatier Tune 11 yard touch from Darren Thomas and later on an Alejandro Malinado 30 yard field goal to provide a 45 38 final score and duck victory. 
The offensive MVP was selected was Lavishier Tune, the wide receiver of Oregon, while his teammate middle linebacker Kiko Alonso took home the defensive honors. This game was record-setting in the lens of Rose Bowl games and uh, you know, had some great uh, facts of that. The 56 combined first-half points by the teams were the most points scored in the first half of a Rose Bowl uh, with the teams combined. And that 91-yard run by DeAnthony Thomas was the longest rushing touchdown in the Rose Bowl's history. That's amazing. 83 combined points were the most scored in regulation at the Rose Bowl up to that point as well. And the most wrestling touchdowns over 60 yards in Rose Bowl, those two by DeAnthony Thomas of Oregon. That really set the mark. And there was actually the most first downs ever between two teams in a Rose Bowl contest at 45. These teams had some offense, and they showed it off and scored some points. An exciting game in 2012. Well, the next year, the 99th Rose Bowl was played on January 1st, 2013 and provided another good ball game to viewers. The 8-5 Wisconsin Badgers fought it out with the 11-2 Stanford Cardinal. The Badgers were coached on the interim basis by former head coach Barry Alvarez making his return, and the Cardinal, in turn, had David Shaw in control of their sideline. Stanford jumped out early in this one. Kelsey Young put the Cardinal ahead on the board with his 16-yard touchdown run, followed up a little bit later by a Stephon Taylor 3-yard scoring rush. Down by two scores in the second quarter. Badger running back Monte Ball escaped defenders on an 11-yard touchdown run, and Jack Russell's PAT sealed that touchdown off with a seven-pointer. And the touchdown by Ball set a Rose Bowl record for him becoming the first player in Rose Bowl game history to score a touchdown in three straight years, three straight Rose Bowl games. Stanford's Jordan Williamson banged through a 47-yard field goal to pad the lead, and Wisconsin gained a little bit more on the ground just before the half, scoring on a Jordan Frederick four-yard pass reception from Kurt Phillips to trail by three at intermission. No scoring would occur until the final tally was added in the fourth quarter on a Stanford 22-yard field goal from Williamson. That was your final score, 20-14 to 14 as Stanford played well enough to win it. The Rose Bowl players of the game were Cardinal running back Stephon Taylor with 89 yards rushing and one touchdown along with three receptions for 17 yards. And on defense, it was his teammate, Stanford defensive back Yusei Anamon Jr., whose stellar play all day, including a pivotal pick on Wisconsin's final possession, sealed that victory for the Cardinal. The Stanford Cardinal team returned uh, with coach David Shaw on the sidelines with an 11-2 mark and ranked 5th in the BCS, returned to Rose Bowl the following year to face coach Mark D'Antonio and his 12-1 fourth-ranked Michigan State Spartans in the 100th Rose Bowl game. Uh, Just a tremendous event there. Now the contest came down to the final moments. MSU leading 24-17 late after a Tony Lippett 25-yard touchdown reception from quarterback Connor Cook and subsequent Michael Geiger kick was good. The Cardinal cut the Spartan lead when kicker Jordan Williamson split the uprights from 39 yards out. The Stanford defense stopped Michigan State's next drive and got the ball back for their team. Stanford was down facing a 4th and 1 at the Cardinal 34-yard line, and it might have been the play of the game when Cardinal quarterback Kevin Hogan took the snap and handed it to up the back Ryan Hewitt, who was not you know the fullback in that. He was the up back, and he ended up being stuffed for no game by Spartan linebackers Kyler Ellsworth and Darian Harris. Stanford got another chance late, but again turned the ball over on downs for the second time late in the game, and Michigan State ran out the clock when they got the ball on offense. Ellsworth was named as the defensive player of the game, 
and Connor Cook, the quarterback, was named as the offensive player. Final score was Michigan State 24, Stanford 20. Now the 101st Rose Bowl game was a college football playoff semifinal game played by the 12-1 second-ranked Oregon Ducks and the 13-0 third-ranked Florida State Seminoles. This was the first-ever meeting of these two schools on the gridiron, and for only the third time in history, the game featured both the 2013 and 2014 Heisman Trophy winners. For 2013, FSU quarterback Jameis Winston, and for 2014, Oregon's quarterback Marcus Mariota. Jimbo Fisher coached the Knolls, while Mark Helfrich manned the coaching position for Oregon. The game was fairly close at halftime, with Oregon holding an 18-13 lead. Quite an odd score indeed, but that's what it was. And the third quarter proved to be the put the game out of reach as the Ducks outscored FSU 27-7 in that margin, just in that one quarter, leading to a blowout victory in the second half. Oregon ran away with this one 59-20 for the final score, and the Ducks set a handful of Rose Bowl records too. They, Oregon ended up breaking the record for the most points with 59 scored, surpassing the previous record of 49 set in 1902, and then tied uh, 1948 and in 2008 with those 49 points, but their 59 by far and away was the, the best, highest score by one team. And Oregon's 41 points in the second half were also the most scored in one half of the Rose Bowl game. Oregon set the Rose Bowl record for a total offensive yards when they put up 639 in that game. No wonder they dominated and really dominated that second half. That was the difference maker. Well, finally, we come to the 102nd edition of the Rose Bowl game, and it was tabbed as a college football playoff New Year's Six as the stadium hosted the fifth-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes at 10-1, facing the number six in the nation, 11-2 Stanford Cardinal. This was the third trip to the Rose Bowl for Coach David Shaw and the Stanford team in the last four years, and the Hawkeyes, well, they were head, led by head coach Kirk Ferentz. This game looked really good on paper, but... That's not what always happens when the games are played. Stanford dominating the opening period of the game. They were leading 35 to nothing by halftime. They they really uh, put it on strong and were really too much for Iowa. Besides the stifling Cardinal defense, the game was di- dominated by Heisman Trophy, Trophy runner-up Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey. Now, Christian set the tone for his day as he hauled in a short pass and turned it into a 75-yard touchdown on the very first play from scrimmage. Now, the Hawkeyes had no answer to slow McCaffrey down as he put up 172 yards on 18 carries, returned a punt for a touchdown, and converted many third downs that just really broke the back uh, of Iowa. And he was also the main target on throws as he hauled in a third of Kevin Hogan's 12 passes. Yeah, that's right. In this era, only 12 passes were thrown and that many points were scored. It tells you how effective the running game and special teams were for Stanford. McCaffrey was such an offensive threat that Hogan was able to make large gains with the read option play, including a wide-open first-quarter option touchdown run. The Cardinal was too much in this one, winning convincingly 45-16, to and it was no surprise when Christian McCaffrey, along with Cardinal defensive end teammate Aziz Shitu, were the selected as the players of the game on offense and defense, respectively. And Christian McCaffrey, we know what he's done in the NFL, and he is a gamer and uh, you know very coveted, both when he played for the Panthers and now with the San Francisco 49ers. He is definitely a game-changer when he is healthy and ready. Ready to go. And 
That's a lot of Rose Bowls you got in this segment. And that takes us all the way up to 2016. We're getting close to the end, getting near that finish line. And we are going to bring it to you as we're going to cover all 108 uh, Rose Bowl games. And we hope you have enjoyed this. If you've missed any, it's real easy to go back. Go to your favorite podcast provider. Look up Pigskin Dispatch. And they're all right there. You can also find them at SportsHistoryNetwork.com and on our website, PigskinDispatch.com. Now, till tomorrow, everybody, have a great Gridiron Day. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.